Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. This is day two, and we are answering the question, is there a housing crash coming? Is there a housing crash happening? Will there be a housing crash? Will we all be living in caves eating bugs? Those are the questions that we are going to address on today's podcast. And the feedback on the, uh, yesterday's show was fantastic, and we certainly appreciate it. And what Julie and I are doing, like we always do, is we are focusing on practical, tactical facts and figures. We're not talking about, um, you know, when we bloviate or give opinions, we are always going to uh, disclaim that it's our opinion and not something we picked up someplace else. Julie and I really lean into numerical facts. We don't, we are very, I think, careful uh, to weed out anybody who's having biased opinions and are trying to bias of the facts. So for example, you're going to run across people that want the housing market to crash for whatever reason. You're going to run across people who don't want the housing market to crash or even look like it's having any sort of, uh, you know, turnaround in a bad way because for political reasons that'll make their, you know, candidate du jour look bad, all these types of things. We weed all of that out so we can give you the facts. Why do we do that? Because knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. And if you're feeling fear right now, and I know a lot of you are, this is the exact information that you have to have uh, to feel confident. Because when you have this information, and when you know the facts of what's actually happening, you can't feel fear because the fear has no place to manifest. It has no way. It, it's a seed that's looking to uh, you know, grow roots, and it cannot because you have already fortified your ground with a you know, weed killer that's going to keep some of the disinformation from having an adverse effect on your mindset and, of course, then your financial results. Because here's the thing, guys. We're creating this podcast for about halfway through the year. It's all, some of you are watching us. A lot of you now are watching us on YouTube. We appreciate that as well. Uh, we have six months left, and I'll tell you uh, what Julie and I are thinking about. We're thinking about all of you and what kind of holiday season, what kind of Christmas season you're going to have this year. We're thinking about whether or not you're going to be worrying about money, or we're thinking about whether or not you're going to have abundance in your life uh, to have a really rejoiceful holiday season. That's what Julie and I are thinking about in July. What are you thinking about? And why are we thinking about that? Because that is really the cycle that we're in. We're not in a short two-week, three-week, two-month, three-month cycle in real estate. This economic cycle that we're experiencing now is going to last years. And there are a lot of agents that are waiting for things to kind of pivot back to the way they were. And they're going to wait too long. And as a result, in six months, they're going to be experiencing a lot of financial hardship. We are going to do everything that we possibly can to make it so all of you have the best holiday season, have the best Christmas season ever. I'll suggest to you that is a very strong emotional anchor for all of you to work towards the idea of spoiling all your friends, family, and loved ones for the holidays. Isn't that an interesting idea? So if you find yourself that you know you, you actually feel the weeds starting to root in your own mindset, maybe you need to stop that uh, intake of information. And that's really where it's coming from. The misinformation is being uh, you know poured in on you from every different angle, every different you know talking head or bloviating about what's going on in the economy, what's not going on in the economy. You know what's going on in the economy because we're going to give you the facts. That's right. So this is your drama-free, fact-filled education. Our you, job is to educate you, motivate you, and get you into action. We like drama. What are you talking about? We might give him <laughs> well, some drama. Uh, in, the, in the good sense, I suppose. You want to tell him, a, let's tell him a Zoe story. Oh, gosh. 
Oh, uh, no, I got one. Okay. So last night she wouldn't go to bed. Right. And so you crept outside of her window. Hopefully she's not listening. Okay, hopefully she's not <laughs> listening. And you had a tiny little flashlight that was a red light. Yes. And tell them what you did. And a jingle bell, which I keep on bell. reserve, hidden away from other jingle bells she might know about. Because Zoe is a very strong believer in Santa and Rudolph and Christmas. And so when she's, you know, messing around, we have the legend of the checking elves who are especially wary of kids in the middle of the summer, six months out from Christmas, because, you know, they might be getting a little lackadaisical on their manners and their behavior and going, and going to bed. To, and going to bed before 10 o'clock. Yes. yes. So, yeah, we had Rudolph at the, at the window and the so, jingle bells. She immediately turned her light off. So Julie snuck outside <laughs> of her bedroom window and she, you know, had the jingle bells and the light that looked like Rudolph's nose. And then Julie snuck back in the house. And then Zoe, we're all whispering now because we don't want her to hear, by the way. And so then Zoe uh, turns off her light immediately in her bedroom. Julie, you know, comes back upstairs. And then Zoe comes up the stairs. Her room's downstairs. She comes back upstairs. And then she sneaks over to mom and whispers in her ear that Rudolph just visited. Uh, what'd With she say? With the checking elves. With the checking elves for here. This well, is really special because they brought Rudolph this time. That's probably what got me thinking about Christmas for these guys, truthfully. I know. And it worked out especially well because I then took a picture of the fog that we had because, mm-hmm. you know, Rudolph likes to light the way through the fog so it worked out pretty well (laughs) all right so we're trying to bring a little bit of levity to what some of you might be feeling hopefully you enjoy our little story so julie let's talk about point number six which is core logic yes point number six core logic reports that in the first quarter of 2022 the average homeowner gained approximately sixty four thousand dollars in equity during the past year and that was just through first quarter california hawaii and washington state experienced the largest average equity gains at 141,000 139,000 and 114,000 per homeowner, respectively. Even Iowa and North Dakota experienced, uh, they were the lowest average, but they still were up by 17,300 and 19,000 in those states. And Investopedia reports that the average American homeowner has at least $185,000 in equity currently. So Tim, why does that matter? Well, so I'm going to just address that 185000 number. Yeah. You and I started reporting on that late last year, maybe first quarter of this year. Mm-hmm. And that's before real estate appreciated up to about this point by another 20 or 25% year to date. It's missing about a quarter more of appreciation. So, so it's a minimum of that. It's it's probably more in the 200s. Right. And so there you're talking about an enormous number of people with an enormous... Matter of fact, I think the total equity in real estate right now is something like 21 trillion or 27 trillion. Yeah. There's there's more wealth that's being held in individual family homes by obviously individual families and investors than at any time in, in history. Why does that matter? Because people don't default on homes that they own, uh, that they have a ton of equity in. People can have breathing room uh, to sell the homes. There's all kinds of different ways that if someone were to run to any kind of forced hardship, maybe job loss or economic setback or whatever, they have enough breathing room to get out of the house. There might be, and it probably will be, uh, areas of the country where there will be adverse effects on job uh, creation and employment in general because of a recession. It makes sense that if the economy gets worse, that they're, you know, if inflation gets worse and they keep raising rates and all these things happen and things play out with your worst case scenario, it does make sense in areas of the country, there might be employers that go out of business. There might be manufacturing businesses that go out of business. And those people are gonna have to relocate to where they can find jobs. In those cases, it's possible that those homes might lose value, okay? Those are the exceptions. Those are the outliers 
to the, I think the story or the, what's going to really be the long-term trend that real estate is going to continue to inflate and continue to appreciate. And here's the other interesting thing that happens. Those of you who want to study a little bit of history, inflationary times, people do and will buy assets that will, they'll feel at least they can have a store of wealth. That's the reason that things like gold and collectibles and real estate and things like that have been where people put money. Because if they start feeling that their money is depreciating, and it is depreciating, by the way, by like 20%, arguably, in, uh, you know, in recent times, that's what inflation does. It's a hidden tax on your spending, in your spending power. You might have, say, $100,000 saved, and you're going to ask yourself, well, if I keep this money in the bank, if the inflation rate is, say, 15%, that means my 100000 is going to be worth 85000 you know, because the inflation is going to essentially buy the eat up the buying power. So what a lot of people will do is they'll then put that into hard assets. They generally speaking, do not put it into things like the stock market because it's too speculative and they're not confident what direction it's going to go. So they put it in. There it is again, real estate. And this is yet another reason why you guys are in the right industry at the right time. And I know there's going to be a lot of hardship out there. I know there's going to be a lot of confusion out there. It happens every single time because this is the first time in all of our lifetimes we've ever experienced anything like this. Your job is to be a leader, not just, you have to be a leader of yourself primarily, a leader of your family, a leader of your neighborhood and a leader in your community and a leader in the industry. You have to be the person that uses facts and figures and has the mindset of service primarily. You have to move past the drama. You have to move past the you know, people that are essentially not knowing what to do and they're just solely so rooted in fear that they're just going to essentially take themselves down and everyone else that's going to be part of their lives. And that's what happens. There's like these a negative adult uh, failure spirals that start spinning faster and faster. And it all happens because people don't know what to do. It all is rooted in fear. And that is the point of this podcast, to root out the fear and give you the facts. Point number eight, Julie. Yes, point number seven, actually. There will oh. be an approximate, and this has been adjusted. All my facts have been adjusted up to this you, podcast You did this date. three days ago. Yeah, these yeah. are all up to date. So because, you know, people, this point is there will be an approximate 5.9 million home sales in 2022. That's according to NAR. That means nearly 12 million commission sides will be paid. And I wrote, how many do you need to meet or exceed your goals? Now, there's been a lot of headlines about, you know, there have been fewer home sales month over month. The rate of sales has declined. Well, that just went from 6.1 to 5.9. It was not dramatic. But it, again, you read the headlines and you'll believe that it's dramatic. And we've read, Julie and I had to parse through so much crappy content yep. to try to find these facts. It's so hilarious. I remember there's an article I sent you from CNBC or Bloomberg or something mm -hmm. that was talking about this dramatic drop in home prices. And, you know, like I said, caves and bugs. Mm -hmm. And uh, you read this long-winded, bloviated <laughs> article on how all the... You you know, they always like to drop in the, you know, personal, you know, Bonnie is a single, is a mom of three kids in Iowa. And this is her situation. Like, and then the last like three lines of this long article, which is supposed to be providing you actual usable content information to help you make decisions. Then they say, oh, by the way, the actual reduction in sales is project projected to be around all oh, two or 300,000. It's like, why didn't you lead with that? Oh, I know why you didn't, because had you led with that, nobody would have read your, you know, essentially yeah. your emotionally wrought article. Well, it's true. These podcasts do take a tremendous amount of research and fact checking. And, and, and that's why we quote where we get our stats from and that it's up to date. So Here, level off there. Yeah. So if there's 12 million transactions that happened this year and the average home sale in the United States is $400,000. And mm -hmm. let's just say, I'm not sure, but let's just say the average commission per side is $12,000. Right. You're talking about $12,000 times 12 million transactions. I can't do that in my head. 
It should be enough for most agents. It's though. a big damn number. <laughs> it's a big damn number. So for you guys who are thinking there's not opportunities out there to help people and make money, uh, maybe reset yourself and realize that there's more opportunity to help. The transactions will, generally speaking, be uh, the, the practitioners, the real estate agents, different agents will start dominating mm -hmm. different agents because of this market will start making uh, more and more money uh, because of the fact, and I'll tell you the number one reason it goes back to our, you know, our, um, our, our rickety bridge crossing the, you know, the big Gulf, mm -hmm. the Indiana Jones bridge. It's because the people that cross the bridge, the fastest, the people that are essentially following the footsteps of people that have already crossed so they know which rungs to step on so they don't fall through the, you know, the bridge and, you know, down again, I'm, if to you the have alligators, this, exactly. Those are the people who start dominating the marketplaces. The ones that don't are the ones that try to make their obsolete uh, business model. And yes, it worked six months ago, but it's not going to work now. New market. Welcome. Uh, the ones that you try to make that old market work, that old model work, even though their margins are dropping and dropping and dropping, they're slowly making themselves broke. Then they start burning through personal savings to keep their model working. Those are the people basically that I'm mostly worried about. Those are the people that I'm worried about. What's going to happen to you guys in six months? Stop believing the market's going to get better. It's not going to get better. Start and better in the sense that it's not going to return to the way it was. Stop believing that inflation is going to go away anytime soon. It's not going to go away anytime soon. Now, could we be wrong? Could I be wrong? A hundred percent. But what is the cost to you of hoping for the best, but uh, essentially preparing for the worst, right? What's the cost to you of over-preparing in anticipation of things getting worse? And you can have the mindset of optimism, but you take the actions. It's, it's the whole optimism versus pessimism thing, right? All of us have to be optimists or we wouldn't be in real estate in the first place. We wouldn't have been crazy enough to take commission only jobs. I mean, let's just start there. But you also, to be long-term successful at anything in life, you have to be a bit of a pessimist. That's the reason that you take vitamins. I'm taking vitamins. So to ensure <laughs> yeah. that maybe in the future, these vitamins will, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that, you know, I'm going to make it, I'm, their insurance policies to make sure that I'm going to uh, hopefully be healthy long-term. Insurance policies, I mentioned that, same thing. You have to buy insurance, but you don't have to buy insurance on all the things you have. You buy them because you are a pessimist that maybe something will get broke, burned down, stolen. Wait, you're planning for the worst, but still hoping for the best. Yeah. And but it's still an action, right? So those of you who are in non-action, remember there's a, a quote that says, in action is an action, right? Meaning that you are making a choice to not do something. You will not be rewarded by being stagnant in this market. Well, let me address somebody that actually messaged me on Instagram. They sure. said that they felt that our podcast series of late have been too pessimistic mm. and they're looking for things that to be were more optimistic. And I asked them to give me an example and they didn't get back with me, but I understood what they meant. Mm -hmm. They didn't like what we were saying because it made them feel insecure and it made them feel fearful because they didn't know what to do with the information. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the hell that has to do with optimism, pessimism. This is just facts. And that's the reason that frankly, this is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the United States because we cut through the bullshit. But if your first line of defense or if your ego or if your mindset is saying, I don't want to listen to these facts because I don't like the way they make me feel, you need to be listening and paying attention to how you feel because that is your internal you know, brain telling you you are not prepared for what is coming. So opposed to ignore and being Pollyannic about what is coming, why don't you instead prepare? Now, is it possible that you over prepare? Yes. And so what? That's a good thing, That's awesome, right? Actually, yeah. Is there such thing as too much savings? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? you're, you're always on me about my hurricane closet in Puerto yeah. Rico. What is yeah. all this crap in here? And then we lose power for a week, and I'm like, 
I'm the reason you're eating. Yeah. Well, so when you, you have when you, you have in really Puerto Rico, yeah. when you live in Puerto Rico, you need a hurricane closet, and it's a big one. Yeah. So listen. So what's the best insurance policy? All of you guys can be buying right now. It's obviously knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. That's the reason we've made Premier Coaching free for all of you. Free. You can join Premier Coaching for free. Did I mention it's free? As in. Uh, doesn't cost you anything. Just text the word premier to 47372. Text the word premier to 47372. Or if you're outside the United States, or if you just prefer to go right to the website directly, you can go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Members.timandjulieharris.com. This is the next natural logical step. This is the way forward. This is the way you get across the bridge the quickest with the least risk that we know that we can provide for all of you. This is the first time we've ever offered Premier Coaching for free. We're doing it because we know all of you need it. We, we're doing it because we, we know with 100% confidence that if you join, when you join Premier Coaching and you engage with Premier Coaching, it is going to better the likelihood of your continued success or you building a long-term sustainable real estate practice. That is what we're all about. That is our life mission. So that's the reason we're providing all this for you. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to com. And yes, guys, listen, this does include a daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris certified coach. This includes our listing presentations. This includes a social media plan. This includes the objection handlers. This includes part of the pre-listing pack. This includes all the, the real estate treasure map, all kinds of things that you'll discover that you get instant unfettered access to the second you text the word premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Go ahead and do that now. You're on your phone. Most of you are listening on our phone. If you're not part of premier yet, just text the word premier to 47372. We'll text you right back. You have to say, yes, you want the information. And then we'll send you right back a, a quick join link and you can join for free. This is without a doubt becoming the nation's number one uh, real estate coaching and training program, Premier Coaching is. So I strongly encourage all of you to take advantage of this program while we're offering it for free, which probably won't be forever. So take full advantage of this immediately. Do this right now. All right, next point, Julie. Point number eight, the average time on the market nationally is less than 60 days. The median days to pending are still only 16. Forget about all those headlines. The days on the market are getting to be epic. No, 16. 88% of homes sold in May. Now remember, May is after the interest rates started to go up. 88% were in contract in less than 30 days. That is not a housing crash. That is a <laughs> shift. Okay, so. Well, you know what? If you've only been in the business for, say, for example, 15 years or less, if your average days on the market goes from eight to 16, for you, that is crisis mode. <laughs> I know. And I read something. I think I told you about this, uh, that the average price reductions were happening after like five days. And, and we're like, well, I guess if you're still getting contracts signed for only 30 days, like listing contract exactly. agreements, maybe you should reduce after five days. But we've got to keep this in perspective, guys. Homes will still sell with sellers who have to sell. I think what we're seeing is the great sorting out. Some of the expireds that are happening are taking it off the market. Some of them are sticking it out. Shall we tell them the greatest secret ever about being a successful listing agent? <laughs> I don't, know what you're don't, gonna say. Don't step on my punchline. It line. is a secret. All right, this is the greatest, now listen, you, listeners, this is just for you because we love and we care about you. We want you to be a successful. I'm about to tell you the greatest secret ever about being a successful listing agent. Wait for it. If, if I had uh, effects, I would do a drum roll. Here it is. Have the listing when it sells. Yes. Be, <laughs> be the listing agent when the it list sells and closes. Yes. Be the listing agent when it sells because you guys will soon to be discovering that, as Julie and I are fond of calling it, expired palooza. 
is going to be all over the United States. You're going to be, for the first time in many of your careers, uh, have an opportunity to actually have phone numbers, direct contact with actual sellers who are actually ready to put their houses for sale now. And you are then going to learn how to prospect those people. You're going to learn how to convert those people to your sellers. And then we're going to show you how to create multiple streams of income. You're going to sell the listing. The buyer, that seller is going to become a buyer. You might double in the listing. You're going to create all kinds of other opportunities, all from being a listing agent. So remember, guys, expired Palooza is coming. It's going to happen in earnest over the next two quarters into next year. You absolutely, positively, absolutely, 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, need to be learning how to work expired urgently. And yes, of course, that's one of the main things we focus on in Premier Coaching. Next point, Julie. We yes. already talked about this one. That's all right. Point number nine, we'll do it quick. The average home sale in the U.S. in the first half of 2022, this is all six months, uh, was still over 400,000, still a record high, and it's still rising. So don't believe the headlines that prices, you know, yesterday we talked about there's a difference between less appreciation versus depreciation. It is not the same thing. So we still have increasing prices and we're still over a record high of 400000 All right. Now, point number 10. Fannie Mae is now forecasting that the U.S. home prices will rise 10.8% for all of 2022, slightly down from their previous prediction of 11.2. Again, not a huge drop off there. This is their average, but remember that through Q2 of 2022, prices had already gone up 15.6% and higher in many areas. Still historic appreciation either way. So again, this, this shows you the mixture of predictions there that they're saying it'll average out to about 11% but we have already uh, surpassed 20% in the first half of the year. And you know, it's funny, we talked about this the other day, Jules, we were talking about the fact that people are saying it's gonna somehow ag- uh, average out to what, five or 6% per year. Yeah. And I really, I had an interesting conversation with a, a great um, uh, agent, him and his wife sell $600 million of the real estate per year, Dan Lesnick. And, and he and I were talking about, he and I were talking about the fact that in a market like this, how can there possibly be any less than continuation of double digit home appreciation or inflation? It's impossible. And if you're like, so who is the one or why are people saying that home appreciation or inflation is only going to be five or 6% on average this year? And you need to listen, listeners, you need to ask yourself, what's their motivation for saying that? Why would people wanting uh, want you to believe that home appreciation or inflation is only going to be five uh, five or six percent on average uh, this year? They don't have their their motivations are clearly political because if the real number came out, if for example, when they talk about the consumer price index, did listeners did you know that the way that they factor in housing costs? which are the single greatest thing that people have to pay for every single month is called, what is it called again? Do you remember? The single greatest payment. The, how people figure into the CPI. How is it oh. that they figure out the inflation of uh, owner's real, equivalent of rent? That's right. Owner's equivalent of rent. Thank you. So, and we, you need to Google this. You will be shocked. So when you hear about the inflation rate is now 9.1% and that includes the cost of real estate. I want you all to get Google the words owner's equivalent of rent. And what they've done, unlike during 1971 through 1981, what they've done is they've essentially created some crafty way of kind of more or less hiding the actual inflation in real estate. Now, it's not just in real estate from a uh, owner's perspective of uh, like a, what, you know, a house costs, but also rent. And so here, here's just some interesting tidbits, how they go about doing it. They call, I'm not making this up, listeners, they call homeowners, and I'm not sure if they call the same ones every month, by the way, I I should find that out. Mm -hmm. And they asked them, what would you pay Mr. Homeowner 
per month for rent in your house, for your house. They're going to call up any, you know, Joe homeowner and they're going to say, Hey Joe, what would you pay for your house monthly in rent? Now, what the hell does Joe know about what houses in this market are renting for? He has no idea. And so then they are saying, well, whatever Joe's answer was, they average them out and they're figuring out, well, that's the owner's equivalent of rent. And that's what the actual, that then they figure that into the CPI. And that's how they're coming up with their uh, approximation of what real estate is, the inflation's effect on real estate is. I'm not making it up. Google yourself. We both thought that that was made up until we researched it. We're like, how can that be? That just doesn't make any sense. I don't even understand. I mean, Zoe at eight and a half years old would see through that in two seconds. Exactly. Now, so here, getting back to just a little interesting tidbit. So if you were to figure the inflation rate like they did from 1971 to 1981 before they started screwing around with uh, how they defined what the CPI was and frankly trying to game it, mm-hmm. um, they the actual inflation rate when they uh, essentially when Volcker raised rates, the inflation rate was 20% and he raised more and mortgage rates were 20%. So the moral of the story is what we or what many people believe is actually happening is if you figure this consumer price index and you figure it with the real estate, uh, essentially inflation rate figured the same way it was back from 1971 to 1981, the actual inflation rate is actually 20% right now. And I think that's true. And I'll tell you why. If you go and you look at what you're paying for things, mm-hmm. have you noticed, listeners, that every basically every single thing that you're buying has increased in price by, oh, 20%? Have you noticed that? It's fascinating, isn't it? So how can that not be the actual inflation rate? So don't get all you know hung up on all these numbers and all these facts and all that. It's interesting. It's uh, analytical. It's fun. It's kind of you know fascinating because we're all be. This is unfortunately or fortunately, we're all being part of history right now with what's, what we're experiencing. But do know that there are a lot of people out there and you should not be joining these people who are going to experience unnecessary hardships because of this inflation. It's going to cause a lot of people to be very confused, very scared, very really emotionally distraught. And some of these emotional scars can last generations. Look how many people you know who are still licking their wounds from the great the great housing bust of 2007. That same thing's going to happen now, but probably on a much, much larger scale because what's happening is affecting everything outside of real estate. Every single thing has gone up in price. So what do you do with this information? Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. You need to be your greatest coach. You need to be your greatest guru. You need to be the actual person who's going to be willing to set aside emotional responses, especially to clickbaity titles and headlines. And uh, and essentially everyone else around you is going to be, you know, essentially rowing down the river of fear. You need to not allow yourself to indulge in the fear. You need to pull yourself out of that way of thinking. Lean into facts, lean into figures. Be very careful who you're listening to because so much of this crap has been politicized. So much of this stuff has frankly just become lies. So go through it and figure it out and then you make your own decision. Knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. When you have knowledge, you are not going to feel the fear anymore. And then your next natural step, and I said this a second ago, but I'm going to say it again. Once you've gotten your head screwed on straight, work on your family, root out the fear that's you know manifesting in there, and then work outside, then work in your neighborhood, then work in your community. You will be a leader that people will remember forever because you made them feel better. You gave them facts and figures that other people weren't giving them. You helped them screw their own heads on, uh, right? And then they will do what you did. They will then get their uh, mindset right. 
because now they now have the knowledge and they now no longer feel fear. And then they're going to go and work, help their families. You guys get it? This is called being a leader. This is how, if you've ever wondered how somebody, a real estate agent, how they have this legendary status that seems to transcend generations and economic cycles and presidential, this is and the other thing. This is why. Because during times of perceived crisis or real crisis, they are stepping into the breach and they're being leaders. They are being leaders using facts and figures. The motivational, raw, raw, dream board, mindset, all that woo-woo stuff, it has a place. But right now, the place is leaning into facts and figures. Once you provide people facts and figures, they will feel confident. So if they're worried about home prices essentially you know, dropping precipitously, Use, these, use the information we've just shared with you. If buyers are thinking, well, I've lost my opportunity to buy a house. Hey, how about this, Mr. Buyer? If you buy this house right now, even if you are buying at what you perceive to be the top of the market, even if you're buying it at an interest rate, which you perceive to be you know, significantly greater than it was last year, which it is, how will you feel 12 months from now if that same house is now, say, 20% more expensive and the interest rate is now double? How will you feel about yourself 12 months from now if you decide to have bought the per, uh, that house, you're living in the house, and now you're sitting on 20% appreciation and you've locked in a long-term low interest rate mortgage. You need to help people move past their fear. Otherwise, it's going to adversely affect not just them individually, not just their families, their communities, but our country. This is called being a leader. This is what it means to be a truly successful real estate practitioner. Yes, and I think this will be our final point for today, which is demographics. And a lot of the stuff that I researched him with all kinds of different economists and people projecting based on facts from, you know, NAR to Inman and Housing Wire and all the different places, they all agreed that you could lead with just this point to make the point, right? That homes will continue to go up. Demographics. There are 331, almost 332 million Americans. There are 72 million millennials. Those are ages 26 to 41. Baby boomers, 58 to 76, 71 million. Now, one of those groups is growing in size as they grow their families. Millennials. Also, immigrants are a growing number of home buyers. Everybody reports on that all the time. Uh, both of those massive groups will be buying and selling in greater numbers over the next 10 years. Add to this Generation X, which is 42 to 57, that's all of us, and has a group size of 65 million. Here's the overall point. Demand is still very healthy and supply is still very low. We're going to talk about inventory rates rising probably tomorrow, but it still is very far away from supplying the demand. There's been an undersupply of homes uh, in the United States for probably almost 20 years. And people don't talk about that, but it's true. There was an underbuilding of homes and no one was anticipating building fast enough. There wasn't government. Nobody was really looking forward to the realization that, hey, guess what? There's 72.1 million millennials and let's assume that a lot of them get married and then they start making babies and now you're looking at a lot of people that want houses. I know a lot of millennials, especially the younger ones, are like, no, dude, I just want to rent forever and I want to hang out in my RV and like I want Van to be, life. And I want right? to be a nomad. Well, guess what? That's all great and everything until you have a kid and guess what? Kids like stuff and they have a lot of needs for stuff. And they take up a lot of space. Barbie houses are not small. I mean, I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> They're not, uh, you know. Also and, appreciating in price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zoe's Barbie house oh is doubled in value. Yeah. But guys, you get the point though. At the end of the day, there the demand for housing is not in any way waning. 
Do not, again, believe the people who are trying to get you to believe that it is. The demand for housing is not just strong. It's off the charts strong, and it's going to get stronger. If interest rates go up, there's still going to be people wanting to buy houses. Why? Because people need something to live in, unless, unfortunately, they're homeless. And I'm not trying to be trite with what I just said. I want you to think about how smart, how brilliant you were to get a real estate license. You're selling something that everybody needs. It, you know, actually, Frederick Eklund, he said it best. Mm -hmm. And I was interviewing him for the, uh, you know, podcast years ago. And he said, Tim, every morning, you know, his funny accent, every morning I wake up and I walk out the door and I'm in a mass of people because he lived in, you know, um, Manhattan. And he said, every single one of those people around me need what I'm selling. He said, I feel blessed every single day because there goes a potential tenant. There goes a potential investor. There goes a, somebody who wants to buy a second home. There's a one blah, 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 blah. everywhere and everyone around him has to live in a house. And that is an incredibly powerful mindset. Now, if you happen to sell, say, knives or furniture or cars even or vacation packages or all of these types of things, someone can just say, no, nope, I'm good. I'm going to keep my uh, old car. Uh, and that's what's going to start to happen too. I'm not, you know what, these old knives, I'm just going to get them sharpened. Uh, you know, all these types of voluntary expenses, when people start feeling financially pinched, they stop spending money on them. But you have to have a house to live in. You have to have, uh, there's there's very few things that you're that you absolutely have to spend money on every single month, no matter what. There's food, but you can downgrade the food that you're buying. You can buy less food. You can buy lesser quality food. You can buy less quantity of food. Those things are all true. You can, but you have to pay for electric. You have to pay for water. You have to pay for some kind of energy to heat your house. You have to put gas in your car. You probably definitely have to, as a realtor, you definitely have to have a cell phone. There are not that long of a list of things that you have to pay for every single month. Unless obviously you're going to be a nomad or, you know, live in a box and I'm not making fun of people in either of those categories and, you know, God bless them. But the moral of the story is you are smart. You were brilliant. Do not think in any way that you're not blessed. You are. Now what you have to do is backfill it with knowledge because guess what? Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. If you're feeling fear, it's because you're choosing to feel it. Because we've given you lots of facts for the past two podcasts. And we've also given you a very defined way forward. Obviously, join our Premier Coaching Program. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to com. And remember, message and data rates may apply. So, Julie, any closing thoughts for these guys? Well, I mean, I didn't find anything in my research. We have three more days of, of sprinkling this upon them. But I didn't find any anybody anywhere who said it's a good idea to sit on the sidelines, who said you shouldn't be buying real estate right now, who said you shouldn't be investing in real estate. There are a lot of, uh, especially the economists were saying, in inflationary times, as well as in recessionary times, real estate in general always does better than the stock market. It does better than keeping the money in the bank. They, they cited uh, real estate investment trusts, even commercial space, residential space. All of this is expected to continue to do well. Let's talk about what you just said, because that's an interesting point. And, we, and this is for, uh, I, again, frankly, I was going to say new agents, but it could just be for anybody. So this is the reason that real estate and other hard assets uh, keep their value, if not become more valuable during really scary times like this. Um, here's why. Because again, think about it. You now have, let's say, for example, you saved up $250,000. And I, I used this example before, but be really clear about your in your head about this. If the inflation rate is 20%, which it is listeners, 
That means that your $250,000 is in essence depreciating, losing 20% for every year the inflation rate is that high or depending on how much it is per month. So let me put it a different way. You know today what you can buy with $250,000. Next year, what you want to buy with $250,000 is going to cost 20% more. So in essence, you're now going to have to have $270,000 to buy what you could have bought today for $250,000. Does this make sense? So what people, and that's because of cash is depreciating. That is the essence of inflation. Cash, US dollars, buying power, depreciation. That's what's happening. So what people do, what people are doing, what smart people, big governments, uh, big investors, what everyone's doing is they're putting their money in hard assets. Now in Europe, actually, interestingly enough, they're investing in US dollars, but that's a different conversation because their inflation rate is, uh, depending on the country, is different than what ours are. But US citizens, the smart move for all of you, buy a home, buy another home, buy real estate. Don't over leverage yourself to the point where if the house is vacant, if you're buying a rental, you, and you can't afford the payment that's going to create hardship for you. But if you have cash that's sitting on the side and Julie and I are taking our own advice, put it to work because it's going to lose buying power. So if you buy a house, let's say for $250,000 and there are a lot of places in the United States, you can still buy kick-ass rentals for even less than 200,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were looking at some in Kentucky. Yeah. Some are right around here in Murphy. Yeah. Murphy, North Carolina. We we're looking in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's great markets where you can buy easily rented Uh, single-family homes. Now, we could talk about doubles and triples and all the rest of it on another day, but let's just look at single-family house. You buy that house, and let's say that the inflation rate on that house over one year is 10%. In other words, you pay 250 for it or 200, whatever you're going to pay for it. The following year, it's worth 10% more. The following year, that 250, had you uh, left it in the bank, if inflation rate stays where it's actually at, your money would have been now only worth 225000 So one way, you increase your net worth. Now, if the house inflates by 20%, that you know $250,000 house is obviously worth now basically 300000 And that 250000 that you had in cash is now obviously worth only about 200000 So you actually, and my math is not right, I can do it in my head, I'm just making a point. So you will be a ridiculous, in essence, you know, 50, sometimes thou, uh, more, $1,000 more if you put that money into real estate, for example. And that's what a lot of people are doing. Now, I know a lot of people are hoping and praying for their own self-interest that real estate's going to crash because they're pissed that they missed out on the last, what they perceive to be buying boom in 2007 and 2008. And they're the ones that are essentially passing along the misinformation about the direction the housing market is going. Julie and I actively look for reasons why we're wrong. We actively look for a real and significant increase in the default rate. We look for reasons why there would be any sort of, um, you know, a housing, a meaningful housing uh, correction, let alone crash. We find nothing. We're not Pollyannas about it. If we found this information, we would tell you. We have no interest in telling you a good news versus bad news. We have interest in telling you the truth. And that's what we're doing on this podcast. So hopefully this motivates you guys. Hopefully this gives you a sense of direction. Thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to podcast um, in the United States. If you're on iTunes, it does not hurt you one bit to give us a five-star review and a pithy comment. We certainly appreciate it. And we certainly appreciate you liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Help us make our YouTube channel the number one listened to, uh, I'm sorry, viewed YouTube channel in our space. So real estate uh, coaching and training, help us to make this YouTube channel that you're probably listening or watching right now 
uh, the number one by liking and subscribing. Julie and I are going to leave it all on the field for you guys. Whatever happens next in the real estate market, what, however, whatever direction it goes, we are going to over-prepare you sometimes months, if not a year in advance. It's up to you to take action on the information that we're giving you. Thank you for allowing us to be your, if we're your presently your coach, if you're part of Premier Coaching, thank you for allowing us the honor to be your coach. If you've yet to join Premier Coaching, thank you for allowing us to be, or thank you for considering us uh, for the, for, you know, frankly, to be your real estate coach. Allow us to help you through this transitioning market. It is our honor and our pleasure. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.